Welcome Carlos Thank for you. my career journey podcast. I started it about a year ago and uh, the purpose behind it is to bring the stories of different people and show how their career has uh, shaped over over time. And now I'm focusing on the web developer so you're perfect a person to show the journey. Um so let me welcome Carlos Carlos started his career as a genie member of Apple team correct yes and then from there he joined uh, Advent Health as an intern mm-hmm. and then um, he started his journey as a programmer in our team 3 years ago correct. and now he is a crucial member of the back end team and he can handle front end as well Yeah. And now you're moving from Java to .NET. That is right. Well. Yeah. We made so, that change. Now. Awesome. So, welcome, welcome, <laughs> Thank you. welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> um I want to uh, start by asking mm-hmm. what does your career journey look like? Oof, that's an interesting one. Um originally for college, um I always had kind of like this inclination for arts. But growing up, I was always around computers. So, I needed to figure out a way of kind of including both of them. Mm-hmm. and graphic design was like the perfect field to go into. Uh so I kind of dive in head first into that field. It's like these two things are beautiful. Uh-huh. You know, kind of started learning more about like web development, color, theory, all of these things. But eventually once you start to get into the market of like, hey, are you really enjoying this one particular career? Mm-hmm. That's when I started having some doubts. I was like, I, it's fun. I love it. But not as much as something that can actually make me do something that can someone else use. Yes, graphic design you can create an image, it's used but it's not the same impact as like kind of creating an app or a website where someone can actually just use it on a daily. Um so I ended up working for Apple cuz graphic design was not mm-hmm. really it did not end up really being my calling. Uh but being at Apple it allowed me to work with computers and then it allowed me to actually get an internship with them. Um that kind of opened my eyes to the whole programming side. and at the beginning I didn't know anything internship with apple for coding correct yes so basically what they do is they allow like uh internal employees to say hey we would like to do an internal internship mm-hmm. for you guys so you guys can mm-hmm. see what corporate looks like actually integrate with teams and for some that actually becomes like an interview process for them mm-hmm. uh for me it was more kind of discovery because I was like I'm really interested in coding but I know nothing Uh, so it was it was very interesting to kind of go and see and see all of these processes especially from a bigger company uh like Apple. Uh but that just kind of sparked something in me that says like hey <laughs> I kind of like setting up all these instructions and kind of have this do this for me over here and then I kind of get a result mm-hmm. from that and that just sparked like this whole roller coaster that actually led me where I'm at right now. So from there how did you join Advent Health? So first thing that I needed to do is kind of like get back into school and kind of like learn this new process of how to be a programmer. Uh and with that, uh, a very close friend of mine uh was working at Advent Health at that time and I was like, "Hey, I am looking for an internship. Can we talk?" Uh, um lucky enough he was able to give me that internship mm-hmm. and shout out to Carlos Vendon. <laughs> yes, definitely. Thank you so much. Um but basically it all becomes uh, it comes down to like networking. Like if you're able to know someone Yeah. that person might be able to just give you the little help um that you need to actually just get into the industry. Uh for me what this was and what this actually turned into was an, a three month interview process. I was uh, an three interview month for three interview. months, yes. 
I was an intern for, for three inter- months. Internship? No, 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 no. Oh, after the, the internship turned okay. into basically a, a three month kind of like interview. Okay. Because okay. basically the work that I did during see, those see, three see. months uh-huh. uh, ended up being kind of like the reflection or kind of like my I see what resume. Okay. As when I went in and okay. say, hey, I would like to apply for this position. I see. Okay. Um, so kind of doing that internship, like people will get to know you. People mm-hmm. will get to know you more on a personal level. Uh, they'll get to know your work and yeah. that will open even more doors eventually because once right. you network with someone right. you slowly start to get into that network and slowly expand yeah yeah so how is your last three years in advent health and programming look like it's been very interesting it's been a, a growing path and mm-hmm. a growing career um there's been some like ups and downs but eventually it's just been a learning opportunity like non-stop learning <laughs> non-stop everything like since i became like from the internship all the way to this where i'm at right now everything is just being learning 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 and just kind of growing and, mm-hmm. and absorbing more just the kind of the ecosystem that we have going on right now at Evan. when you joined you didn't have the programming programming knowledge right no i didn't have like all the, the, the programming knowledge that i know right now it's mainly what i learned from school is just right. kind of like the basics but once you get out into the real world Things are slightly different, mm-hmm. you know, and, and at, at class will tell you, hey, have this count until 10. <laughs> but eventually we'll get to the point that uh, at work they might not tell you that. So things start to get a little more challenging. You start to look into new mm-hmm. things. You start to learn new technologies. And then, it, yeah, it, it, like I said, it just becomes this learning thing on a day-to-day. Yeah. So what all you know? I know you know Java, Spring Boot. Java? Uh, I learned how to use Vatting, which is a framework of Java okay. that when you run it, it actually creates its own JavaScript to then create a website for it. Mm-hmm. So it's a whole new framework that I actually learned when I was working. <laughs> yeah. This is, that's the, the, the internal support tool that we use. It uses that framework. Oh, I see. So it allows okay. me to code in like backend okay. and it automatically creates this website yeah. for me. Um, so it's a very it's very easy for a back-end developer to just kind of say, hey, I want to get this application yeah. going without having to involve too much of front-end knowledge. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, some JavaScript, <laughs> React, right. Right. Uh, Android. Uh, that was uh, basically Kotlin. That was another one. So you did Android. It's it's. I didn't do Android, but I had to troubleshoot things related to Android. The good thing about Android is that they're very it's Java. It's Java. So when you're gonna you're kind of going through this code, it gets very familiar fairly quick. Uh, minor things changes, so right. things just start to just get very familiar at the end. Okay, and then now you're learning. Yes, right now it's .NET C Sharp. Uh, That's another interesting one. Uh, Once again, like once you kind of get the idea of what coding languages actually do, you start to see them like, hey, at your core, you guys are the same. Minor things here, context, you know, syntax starts to change. But once you get an idea of how you can read the logic, Mm you're able to see code in a different way and allows you to kind of just say, hey, I barely understand this. I have an idea what is going on. And then you can start diving in. So now, you know, Java, Spring Boot, um, what was the other thing? <laughs> Batting. <laughs> Batting. Yeah, and now .NET. Correct. Um, I always say that once you know one language, the second language is easier. Mm-hmm. Did So you just said yes. that. How different are Java and C Sharp in your opinion? Fairly different. Um, C sharp eventually. Not. I'm. I'm just learning C sharp. So forgive me for whatever I said <laughs> right now. Uh, but in Java, I feel like I have to write more lines of code just to kind of get the same result mm-hmm. that I get with fewer lines in C sharp. 
Uh, so mm-hmm. for me, it's being kind of like an experience of like, wait, did I just, I just finished this. This does not look right because it looks like the logic should be bigger. But in reality, when I run it and, and the program is just working fine, it, it was very surprising for me just uh-huh. to kind of say, hey, very similarity on how I have to build the logic, but code-wise and the length of lines that I have mm-hmm. to write, it starts to get shorter. So that's very interesting. So you're promoting C-sharp indirectly? Indirectly. Indirectly. <laughs> and, and this is just because right now I'm working with it, so my brain is just full of Shiny C-sharp. object. Yeah, exactly. Shiny <laughs> object right now. Other than that, I'm not really sure how it will be in a couple of years from now. Are you using Visual Studio or Code? No, I'm actually using Writer from IntelliJ. The okay. uh, reason why I switched to that turns out that uh, IntelliJ, which is uh, another uh, ID for Java, the main parent is JetBrains. And it allows you to actually sync your settings from one ID to the other one. So Oh, it does? Yes. So it was easier for me to just say, hey, I'm going to use a new IDE, okay. but with all my custom settings that I already had before. Okay. So the adoption of switching to a new program wasn't really kind of like, oh my God, I got to spend a couple of days learning it. I don't know how it does uh, all the debugging and everything, but uh, I think if you do Visual Studio, full flesh visit, mm-hmm. um, that's a slightly different experience. So I don't yes. know if you will try it. I mean, the, the only thing is like, we have Macs, so. Oh, it works on Mac. Yeah, there's Visual now Studio for Mac. Yeah. It's not as full flesh as the actual Visual Studio. I see, I see. And so sometimes okay. when you're reading documentation, straight up just tells you, this is not mm. for Visual Studio Mac. So menus are different. Uh, but Writer and Visual Studio for Windows are able to actually get the same mm-hmm. kind of like libraries. So that allows me to just say, hey, I can get the same library for what I need rather than having to yep. use the other Visual Studio for Mac that does not. Okay. So I want to ask you, you've been here for three years. Mm-hmm. You started when you have no idea about the programming and all logic and now three years you you have you single-handedly handling couple of tools like support tools right Correct. and uh, so i'm sure there are a lot of a uh, lot of things that you have learned a lot of uh, different things that you have done so work brought you some knowledge you probably have done your own uh, things so what that learning looked like like how if you have to highlight a couple of things for last three years mm-hmm. from the learning perspective, what are those and how did you kind of go after them? So reading documentation is a huge thing. I mean, it's better to get the information from the people that created mm-hmm. what you're working with than from anywhere else. Uh, but besides that, there's there's tons of communities where like, you know, you can read the documentation from Microsoft, mm-hmm. but the problem is still slightly different or it's just one minor thing that they're not talking about. Uh, so going out there and actually doing the research and having conversations with different developers and everything might not get you the solution, but it may get you into the right path. And, okay. and like, as long as you keep continuing and going into the right path, you eventually will land into the solution. Okay. Uh, but ideally is always, you know, be asked those questions. You know, learn, figure it out why that needs to happen and how you can get it done. Okay. So when you was when you started learning Java mm-hmm. or uh, that other thing or React, C sharp or Vadin, yeah, Vadin, <laughs> I will remember that now. Um, so they're probably the initial couple of months when you just le- start learning, Correct. and then there are a couple of months or years when you're mastering it. Mm-hmm. So so I want to ask you first. 
when you start learning something new what's your steps what's uh, your process usually i try to duplicate a project you okay. know what i mean so it's okay. like let's say we're learning something new it's like how can i manually reproduce this you know give me an example so for example what we're doing right now with c-sharp mm-hmm. you know uh they didn't know how to do c-sharp you know trying to okay. learn in the context sometimes reading it works out once for me writing it like actually start writing code and kind of creating like a hello world kind of like application right That's gets me going like, yeah. like cool like i understand this concept okay let me add another concept like how about if i add a different type of response right i don't say hello world but i have to do some logic and at my age you know so that small process of like let me just physically do something first mm-hmm. gives me that confidence to say i understand this particular process now yeah i can then start adding to that so same project new product correct. yeah just so add more more correct i just start adding more so grab whatever project you're working on if you were you're working on something just get really comfortable with that particular part because once you understand mm-hmm. how this works how the code works with this you can then add in a little bit more on top or use the same kind of like analogies and, and, and thought process that you put into this one right then do it over here in this one okay and how do you bring the structure meaning you done two things and then you know that there are at least 30 50 more things so that's that's a little complicated because like uh-huh. it, it, it's sometimes you do have to do a lot of like physical changing code manually um but for example this example actually I can give you would be when I did spring boot uh-huh it was uh-huh. a significant jump on versions uh yes. so there were a lot of annotations that were changed or that were you know old and they were out of circulation Uh so basically what ended up happening is I had to go in and replace uh using the IDD the IDE they do have mm-hmm. an option to say hey find and replace. Uh right. so for example if I needed to do a particular change that involved 30 different items to be the same thing I will first do one make okay. sure that, that one's working once I validated that that one was working then I was able to say hey highlight everything that says this and replace it for this. Okay. And that allowed me to then do all of them. But first I got one down. Once I got right. that one down, it was done. Okay. And then do you create kind of table of content or kind of curriculum that this is what I will follow, I will learn functions and variables. It's it's whatever. now in my head, whatever. but it's it's it mainly starts with kind of like how can I get that hello world going first? So okay. like hey, how can I get words first? And then I once I figure out how to get words out, then I can just be like hey, how can I get numbers out? Okay, mm-hmm. now I got numbers. I can do both of them without an error. How can I do a date now? How can I do mm-hmm. date, mm-hmm. number and, and yeah. like yeah, text. Nice. So like once you once you start kind of that just gets the ball rolling and you're like cool. And it also gives you a little bit of confidence of saying, "Hey, I understand this. Now I can learn a little bit more." Because right. if you jump into something really complicated but you don't understand kind of like the basics, it kind of throws you off. But like yeah, the stuff on my head is like, "Hey, just start with the basics. You understand the basics." Cool. Let's move into something a little mm-hmm. bit more harder. Okay. Cool. We got to a point where, like, now we're really understanding the code that we're seeing everywhere online or reading the documentation. Cool. Now we can make the big jump to what we're working on. Yeah. Last question on this. Sure. Um, there are so much videos and courses and free stuff are available. How do you pick which one to follow? It's really hard. It's really hard. <laughs> yeah. <'Cause>, I mean, <laughs> 
at the end of the day, there's so many different ways you can tackle the same problem. Yeah. Uh, and and the best way to actually do it is, and, and I learned this from Scott Russell, it's the rule of threes. Mm-hmm. Like when you come, like you have a problem right in front of you, don't just go like, well, I found the solution. It's like, you need to come up with three solutions minimum. That means that like you find your first solution, yep. and you're like, all right, let me see another way of actually doing this, and let me find a third way of actually doing this. Well, eventually you'll find out is that all three of them work, but one of them gives you a little bit more headaches in the right. future than the other ones right. will. It takes longer to actually resolve the issue, but it, it, it takes no issues for the future. Uh-huh. So you get to discover all those three different areas before you apply anything. Else. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So we talk about uh, how Carlos used the learning method, method like start with uh, hello world and then add more and more and then go to the advanced topic. Yeah. Awesome. Now, in three years, you're also kind of progressing toward becoming a senior mm-hmm. uh, developer. You already are. I mean, to my mind, you already are. You're handling things independently. What does it look like um, from the thought process? What do you think different from the point when you started for six months or after six months and now after three years? I mean, when I started for me, it was, um, you know how the horses have the little eye shades? Uh-huh. That, that's how I felt when I was a junior. It was like, you're working on this. This is it. This is the only thing that you can change. And that's it. Once I became like an intermediate, it was mm-hmm. more like, hey, the changes that you're doing need to be like thought mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to have conversations with people because what you're doing might be affecting someone else. And like, if you don't have those conversations, it is going to cause a problem. So from junior, it was like, hey, I'm gonna fix this and it's fixed, I'm walking away. Right. So intermediate is more when kind of like, hey, the problem is a little bit bigger and it's not affecting your team, it's affecting a couple more teams. And the discussions are bigger. So it's yeah. more like, hey, if I make this change, how are you going to be affected, right. you know? And then now that I'm kind of like in the process to kind of go into senior is grabbing all of those and then adding like, hey, now we're talking about the technology and what could be implemented. Like, mm-hmm. It's not as simple as saying, like, hey, I'm going to make this change. It's not going to affect you. But it's like, hey, if I'm going to be making this change right now, is it going to be fixing this for now? Or mm-hmm. are we looking at maybe three, four, five years ahead that we can have this issue resolved? What technologies can we use right now to make sure that in the future, this is yeah. all like it's, it's set up for us in a good way? So there's there's more thought processes being be, behind just we're all being affected. It's more like, hey, you're being affected, we're being affected, yeah. we're gonna fix it eventually, but how can we make sure that like, we're up to date, we're running the latest, and that this is not going to be a problem in the long run. So, mm-hmm. extra thought process, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's a very interesting conversations that you yeah. have, because you get very involved. And um, there's another aspect that uh, when, when when you're working on something and it's not working for whatever reason, you don't know what the reason is. What's the difference now compared to as a junior? <laughs> right now, I literally dive in. I just go like, oh, here, 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 literally nonstop. And I go as deep as I can as soon as possible. Uh-huh. When I was a junior, <laughs> it was kind of like, I got to look for this. Can I look into that? <laughs> and I'm not even sure if I can modify that file. Is it possible? I think I made a mistake. Let me just erase everything I just did. Uh-huh. So it was I was very scared to kind of, you know, deep dive into this 
long files and maybe erase one like one letter and just damage the whole thing but nowadays i'm just kind of hey we're gonna go and try to figure out the source of the brain right mm -hmm. now cool this is where it's starting and then you start the brain process of how to resolve that particular so, awesome. <laughs> huge, huge difference uh, one of the big change that i've seen in my um, career journey from junior to senior is uh, when i was junior production issues kind of uh, panic situation now i can stay calm and go methodic that it was working yesterday why it's not working mm -hmm. what change and i can stay calm and and figure out the troubleshooting stuff did you see the change yes uh, very similar uh every time every time i see anything in the production chat is like i need to deep dive this is the biggest fire <laughs> i've ever seen in my life sound all the alarms you know but that that only led me to just kind of like spend like a good 30 minutes of research to then someone goes like oh this was off yeah you know um so i kind of learned as you said methodically just kind of start asking those questions like why did it stop what changed from yesterday yeah. to today or did we introduce something new that made those changes is everything every single app that we talk to every other like different yeah. emrs that we talk are they online you know so is all of those yeah. questions that start to become like the norm before you did die because <laughs> right. a two second question can literally save you a 30 minute maybe two three hour length yeah. which is deep dive so definitely ask those questions yeah that, that i saw that as uh, one of the major transition yeah also i less panicky like i see it's just now i'm like oh. <laughs> yeah as part of the becoming senior are you kind of setting something like you have to do this or that to become a senior like do you have some kind of perception in your mind the only kind of like perception that I have received is from like the people that I worked around you know I worked around Mitha mm -hmm. and uh, Todd mm -hmm. Chris Stroud so yeah it got to a point where I was like I was surrounded by seniors and and, and it, like I said that's that's where like my idea of you know, when you were having conversations as a senior, it's not only like, I'm going to fix the problem for everybody, but it's more mm -hmm. like, hey, we have this issue. Could it be related to our technology? How can we go above? Yeah. It's not really that one solution, you know? Um, so in, in my thought process to just kind of get there and what I have done is just one, I kind of pair up with them and just kind of see what they were doing, the questions that they were asking. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and I yeah. noticed that like before, like just kind of like the troubleshooting for like production issues, mm -hmm. They were not really just deep diving into it, but these were like deep questions of yeah. like, hey, option A is not working, but option B is one, but C is the one that's actually causing the problem for A. So it, it goes a little bit more deeper. Right. The conversations right. are sometimes outside of uh, or environment of admin yeah. health and yeah. involving like third parties. Um, so learning which questions to ask mm -hmm. uh, helps a lot to kind of especially move the conversation along because with technology, you can get to a point where you just stop. But like you yeah. need to figure out how to move that conversation along to actually resolve the issue, and 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 that's what I see in some of these senior developers is just looking to say, hey, I need to keep this going so I can resolve mm -hmm. it. And once again, it's not really about just let me deep dive into the code, but just kind of looking at the issue more methodically and deeper into how can it affect multiple things. Out there. Do you think uh, these uh, all these certifications? Uh, uh, matters have you done any or would are you planning to do I, any? right now i'm trying to get the certification for azure uh, since we're moving mm -hmm. into c sharp right. and everything related to microsoft so that i'm looking uh, forward to that certification but yes they do come in handy because um, 
you know, you can learn how to code, you can learn all of these things like self-taught, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, companies are not really gonna know that you were self-taught. So yeah. somehow they kind of have to figure out how to validate your skills. And you know, having a certification that could be, you know, a couple hundred dollars and land you a very good job, yeah, it's kind of worth it, you know? So and the good thing is that the certifications stay with you. They're not part of the company. Of the company. It's you. So it's skills that you're gaining. Yeah. And on top of that, they're being validated by the person who created those skills. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, good to have, but just make sure that they're kind of like about what you're working about. You don't want to have a certification mm -hmm. for Apple, but you're working related stuff with Microsoft. Like, yeah. unless you're actually trying to get a job with Apple, then yes. But yeah. you just... He's gotta be conscious of, of the certifications that you get. And most company would reimburse. Like our company Correct, yes. works, Advent Health will reimburse. Yes, because they uh, see it as, a, as your yeah. growth. And, and, and let's be honest, it is your growth. If you're yeah. trying to get certified something, it's saying, hey, I wanna learn and actually be really good and efficient at this, and they can certify me. Advent Health will see it as like, hey, that is your career growth. We can go ahead and help you with that. So now, Azure has so many certifications. Mm -hmm which one you plan to do how you kind of map out how many you will do and so and in, in, in right now because we're going to be introducing new azure services and everything first one will be that azure certification so i can um, get an idea of what we're looking at and what we're working with um the other one that i'm looking to get is the octa certification mm -hmm. um, because we work a lot with the octa as an identity provider on the health suite logging um but they have certifications that can help gets to a point where like hey you are if it, like proficient enough into all of the octa settings and everything that we think you're going to be mm -hmm. a certified developer for us so you getting that certification is also kind of one thing that says hey you're really good at understanding how octa works that could be something yeah. that we can use in the future or someone can hire you straight up say hey we hire you because of your certification because we need someone right. that's an expert in that. what would be your steps to do that certification like i know you're busy i know yeah. there's so many things going on so you will have to find time Correct, you will yeah. have to find curriculum you have to i mean there are multiple things so how would you decide uh, the steps and uh, time frame so uh, the time frame is the the most difficult part because right. uh, you have to kind of look for the time that sometimes you don't have during the week. Yeah. So one of the things that I, I kind of did is Microsoft has this kind of like little AI that allows you to book focus time. So mm -hmm. it automatically just books it for you. So now I have chunks of two hours where I can just basically say, hey, I'm busy. I'm not looking at anything. Jones I can daily? just sit like down and just sort uh, daily. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So sometimes like, you know, my day to day is just kind of, I got to look at all these issues, but yeah. uh, meetings and things like that. This allows us to say, hey, I, I am busy for two hours. Let me do my thing. Um, but you should kind of use that time to kind of see like, hey, yeah. what kind of what books do I need to read? What documentation do I need to look into? And, you know, what kind of tests do I need to take? Because certifications is, you know, could be one test, could be two tests. Multiple, yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right. So in this segment, my yeah. last question is, why back in? <laughs> How did you decide that? Why? I mean, why you decided that? How? What was the process? What was the thought process I mean, like? That is a very interesting question because uh, honestly, no one has really asked me that before. Um, but because I had a graphic design background uh -huh. already, like I already did some some like you know web design and things like that. So eventually, I got to the point that I'm like, I already know a little bit of that, but I have no idea about the logic mm -hmm. side, like 
how all of these processes happened, and then it gets shown. So I kind of decided to just kind of take a peek behind the curtain and say, hey, yeah. show me how to create this logic and how to make this you know, computer understand what I'm writing to then give me the solution over here. So that was very captivating for me, just to kind of say, hey, how can I give you instructions to then give me this result uh, for this one particular application? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and I think now you're doing kind of both. So yeah. I think you're somebody who can go end to end. You also have done the sequel, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not sort of our sequel, bro, but it, it's one of those things like with your day to day, you kind of have, that's another language that you might have to learn in order to just kind of do your job, mainly in the back end, because there's a lot of queries that you might have to uh, kind of read, create, all of that. I was really good with SQL. Like, I was really good with SQL. I was really good with C sharp. No way. I know, right? <laughs> what happened? Come on, man. We need you. Become a manager. <laughs> oh, there he goes. That was the problem. <laughs> you jumped to manager and it's like, all right, I don't need the skills anymore. Yeah, that was a stepping stone, right? You, yeah. you use that as a stepping stone to become a manager, and then once you manage it. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's all you needed. In fact, when I was manager i was still doing still some working. some touch with the code because i i seen but with the senior manager with this i, uh, I have seen code where i'm like Vinny, this is, it's all code but like i seen like it's, oh you've seen my name yeah that's what i was like for a second i was like all right i feel like everybody has touched this code at this point but yeah i seen your name it's pretty interesting it was kind of funny because i was like yeah what is he doing here so i was talking to someone uh, this morning his name is uh, craig and he's helping me with the course creation. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things that we discussed uh, where should I go back to coding so that I can kind of share more practical examples with my audience. And I've been showing some resistance because I have nine to five job. I have this product that I'm trying to create, mm -hmm. like quarterly planning workbook, and then all the writing. There's no time for coding and but he suggested that you if you really want to connect with the audience at the deeper level yeah. i should do some i should apply that framework on myself mm -hmm. and show that that see this framework work i just used it the yeah. quarterly planning framework work and uh, others can follow I, I was just gonna suggest that to say that i actually finished your quarterly thing and just say now let me apply it yeah and show the results of it yeah you know yeah so i'm still finalizing but i think i'm gonna do react in four weeks okay yeah go for it four I mean, week finish react it's a i'm like you like back end mm -hmm. i like it and with asp.net i didn't not have to do heavy front end yeah so react would be some heavy challenge for me yeah i mean a good thing is like if you already know do you know some javascript some javascript it, it, it'll be some helpful. is good be, yeah no definitely <laughs> it's, it's it's better to know it's some language and, right it's a language but uh, it's, it's uh, always better to say hey i know some and yeah. kind of looking at the code and being like okay i got an idea yeah. of maybe what's happening rather than like i have no idea you yeah. know because that, that that just jump starts you you know it's yeah. it's and, and like i said like we were talking about like once you start understanding those minor components, uh -huh. it, it makes it easier to just go on to other ones. 
I know enough to be dangerous. Like I, when I was doing jQuery, was something big, mm-hmm. so I could use it. I could customize it. I could kind of borrow, as in uh, yeah. some some other code, and kind of make tweak to my need. So up to that point. All right. So with that, we're gonna move to the next segment, All right. where we will talk about how your typical week and kind of weekend look like. Weeks are interesting because uh, sometimes there are releases, sometimes there's like production issues that yeah. uh, your day can just like end up being 6.30 to 7 p.m. Uh, but right now, we're, actually what I'm doing is I'm taking French classes on Mondays. Uh, oh. my, my brother's married to a French girl and they have a, a girl. So I want to be able to communicate with my little niece in French. Uh, so I'm taking those classes like every Monday night and then um, Tuesday all the way to Friday is just kind of like at home relaxing unless going out to dinner with friends and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Weekends are just trying to like literally be outside of my house uh, since I have spent most of the time inside <laughs> of it. Anything is like, hey, you want to go pick up strawberries? Let's go. You want to go to a fresh market? Let's go. You know, anything that just can get me out into the sun and just kind of like an activity, um, I'm down for that. Awesome. And during the day, yeah. during the week, um, how do you manage your time? It's it's difficult because, for example, um, you know, I, I I like to be I like to have things kind of like schedule because I like to see things mm-hmm. as a time as a block, you know. So I know I wake up and from seven to eight, I know it's the gym from like nine to like five p.m. We're actually doing work. Um, so my time management kind of goes along with that. So okay. I'm able to just basically say, cool, from seven to eight, I have this blog that I'm doing something, from nine to five, I'm doing something. And what I try to do is always be on time to those particular times, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, and, and it's once I'm into that mode, it's, it's that mode, nothing else. So if I'm at the gym, it, it's the gym, nothing else. If I'm at work, it's work, and, mm-hmm. and that's what I do. And then once I'm off work, as I'm off work, <laughs> I'm off and work. then I'm like kind of like into just like leisure mode of just like watching yeah. TV, reading, catching out video games, all of that. So do you use a like to-do list app or task manager app? I tried to. I used to do a, a, a to-do list, but given the nature of our work being so dynamic, uh, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes those to-do lists became like, hey, they're double the size and then next thing you know, they're all done. But did nothing for right. a couple of times, days, and I will forget that I had the application to actually keep track of that. <laughs> so it, like, it became even this, for your personal tasks. Yeah, right? even for my personal tasks, it will be just one of those things that is like, hey, I have this list of things that I want to do, and then I will completely forget that I have okay. it, and then just do something completely different. So do you write on a paper then? Yes, I have a notebook next to like in my desk, everything, mm-hmm. everything. Okay. Uh, so that's it's, it's, your it's, system. Correct. I, I, I try to write everything mainly because like, once again, the, the nature of our work is so dynamic that I could mm-hmm. be just writing information down and then we switch topics because I'm on another meeting, you know, like mm-hmm. a meeting could end at 4.30 and we're talking about how, what colors are we going to use for this, but then the next meeting is related what messages are we going to send. Yeah. So I might forget what colors we were talking about so in favor of the new meeting now. So I will try to write down that information so, to make sure that like, I keep track of it. So basically what you're saying, and interesting, this is exact same topic that I posted today. Mm-hmm. Um, like how much note taking is important for a web developer? I mean, a lot. And m- most of the time and in, in, in most of the tickets that I kind of work on, they start as conversations with someone else. Right. You know, they're like, hey, this is not working. You know, but it's like, okay, what's not working about it? 
Uh, is it anything in particular that's not working about it? Is it the whole thing? Mm-hmm. So once they start describing these things, you, you kind of have to write them right. down right. because you're eventually going to use that as your troubleshooting guide. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and, and it's kind of like the same thing if you're in a meeting, you're trying to try to discuss something. Like you want to make sure that the ideas are being shared, you, you remember them. You know, so next time you're having that conversation, you can go back to that. So for me, especially note taking is like super important. I have, I, I think, I, like in the past three years, I've probably gone to like, I don't know, I get ten notebooks. Ten notebooks. Just ninety nine cents is like high school. Yeah. Just write down everything. You know, I'll be in meetings and just you know designing things that we're talking about. How are we going to design a table for a database? And it's five pages of just like information, conversations that I have with someone, and just like, hey, we need to add this. Or hey, how do you think this logic should go? How do we need to structure it? And, mm-hmm. and, and imagine an, an hour meeting where you're just kind of like grabbing those ideas, writing them down. Yeah. Because eventually they're gonna help you kind of do the work that you're doing. And and once again, <laughs> given the nature of work, where we could be talking about one topic over here and then switch, yeah. not having those notes could literally hinder your work. Because then that means that you have to meet with them again, spend another time asking the same questions that you asked before. So you don't, you like notebook compared to any app like OneNote yes. or uh, whatever other so And the reason being is, is like I, I've been using OneNote on, on Teams, mm-hmm. but the problem with that is that there's so many clicks to actually get there to actually write something. Yes. You know? And you feel limited, like in notebook you can draw, you can Correct. do anything. So, and exactly, and I can do the designs and things like that. So basically, I just kind of went back to like pen and paper, okay. um, mainly just for, you know, it's right here, it's ready to go, I don't have to open anything or wait for yeah. it, and I just like write it down, keep talking, write it down, or keep on working, so it helps a lot. The only thing is, if you have to find discussion from two weeks ago, you have to go. It's hard. Right. It, yeah, you have to pay. I mean, I even put dates and, and still makes it difficult. Because like you start going like, yeah. oh, look, I have three <laughs> meetings today. Which one is it? So a little bit difficult, but eventually like you just make organize your notes. That's all I can say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, I, I, I think this is, the note taking to me is sometimes even more important than the task management. Yeah. It's how you take notes, how you remember them, how you convert. It's specifically the follow-up item. Like mm-hmm. you, you have a one-hour conversation, and after that, nothing happened. Yeah. And in this meeting, you talk about you do two things, I will uh-huh. do five things, and nothing happened. Exactly. So. so yeah, definitely note taking. It's it's definitely something you're gonna use on a daily. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, to move things forward, you have to keep up uh, with the constant changes of the day. Yeah. So. Um, how do you set your goals? Uh, that's that's another one that's difficult, and and I don't want to say like I don't know how to set a goal or anything, but it's just it's it's really the planning of the goal that sometimes is a little bit difficult because there's there's time management that needs to be included mm-hmm. into that, you know. So for example, like right now, like I, I really want to get good at, at, at doing C sharp, you know, that way we can move things along. And and my goal is to hey let's let's get it to a point where I can just write this without having to read documentation constantly. Mm-hmm. You know, but the time management of that is like, okay, I need to take time to actually read the documentation to learn these things. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that comes like, you know, different things like production issues, questions, some other stuff that could be happening in testing. Um, 
So when I set my goal, I try to be really hard on like, hey, you, you're gonna get these two hours and it's just for this. Um, Cause I have to be ambitious. If I'm not ambitious about that particular goal, that all those, those other things are just gonna eat it away and it's going to prolong it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So let's say my goal is gonna be in three weeks, I'm gonna be really good at this. And if I don't pay attention to that, it's not gonna be three weeks, it's probably gonna be three months. Right. Because the time management, I, I didn't pay attention to the time management, mm -hmm. so I didn't actually did the two hours. So now I'm behind two hours and it becomes the snowball effect. So whenever I'm setting my goals, I'm like, hey, I am aiming for this, but what do I need to do to make sure that I can achieve this? Mm -hmm. You know, so I try to kind of set that, you know, I don't want to pave the road, but at least put some, you know, stepping stones to make it easier mm -hmm. uh, to actually get there. And what kind of goals do you have at this moment? Right now, uh, be very efficient with um, C-sharp. Uh, definitely get more, more <laughs> fluent with French. Because uh, my niece talks like there's no tomorrow, and, and mm -hmm. <laughs> sometimes I don't understand her. Uh, and and just kind of participate more in these conversations I would have with some of the seniors about like the newest technologies, mm -hmm. and and that's just for me to absorb. So my goal in that is is to absorb that information, not really to put my voice out there, but just be part, so I can learn from it. You know. Okay. Mm -hmm. How about one year, three year, five year, ten years? Type goals. Uh, definitely at that point we're looking about uh, senior or lead uh, mm -hmm. and right now I'm in the process just kind of getting those goals for like senior mm -hmm. um, you know that way like once I get to like a senior level it's like hey like, basically what like I'm doing right now like I'm an intermediate but like I've been working up those steps towards senior so by the time that I get to senior it's like hey I already know how to do some of those steps mm -hmm. now I can focus on how to do lead and then can slowly go that so hopefully for maybe next two three years senior lead um that's definitely main goal mm -hmm. so i actually created a course email course oh, really? on just this but i wanted to ask you mm -hmm. in your method how are you identifying that what are the 10 things that you need to do to become a senior other than opportunity, of course. Yeah, no, I mean, opportunity is like number one, but it's observing uh, like the work that the seniors mm -hmm. are doing, you know? Um, so for example, like I see Meet the Meet is having a lot of discussions of, you know, um, hey, if we're going to be given this type of response from our server, mm -hmm. what does that mean to the application? I can just basically say, hey, it's okay, yeah. you know? But sometimes it's like, I don't want to tell you that it's okay when there's items missing or things are not working properly. And you're still getting something, but it's just mm -hmm. not complete. So understanding that kind of like, like, oh, okay, so it's beyond this. And why is the reason? Mm -hmm. And how can we pass that information to the apps? So instead of just saying, hey, I got a good response, but it's like missing items, I can clearly tell them, hey, it's going to be this type of response because you're missing items. So basically observing the peers, senior mm -hmm. leaders, and trying to find what the gap is, what they do, Correct. That yeah. you can start learning yeah, and, I mean, and start doing. One of the things that I also kind of like, I learned is that uh, these different like junior, intermediate and, and senior are mm -hmm. per company. So the per structures company, are, yes, are different, absolutely. you know what I mean? So yeah. maybe the work that I'm doing as an intermediate right now could be considered junior somewhere else, yeah. you know, or yeah. it could be considered Especially senior. Especially startup. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's one of those things that like you just got to look at what the company is doing and what the company yeah. recognizes at that particular level and, and learn from that, you know? So, yeah. as you said, you know, kind of like tagging along to those conversations 
uh, seeing the work that they're doing, you know, kind of un- and understanding and asking those questions of like, hey, well, was this done this way? Yeah, right. You know, rather than, okay, I'll take it. So just asking those questions. Okay. Last question okay. on this one is, what is the 2 a.m. problem the career-related problem that you face? Like, do you have a, a problem that keep you awake in the night? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it, it, it's, you know, it, it, it's, it's kind of like a self-check. Mm-hmm. You know, because like, I, it's been, what, three years, almost four years of just constantly writing code, you know? But every time, every single time, it's just kind of like, was that right? Was that right? You think it's gonna be right? It's not gonna break anything tomorrow, right? You sure? So sometimes it's, it's, it's that little bit of self-doubt after like someone something's complete, you know? And and, and honestly, sometimes this is what keeps me up at night because it's like, did I did I break that? Was it me? I didn't do that right. Was it? Was it? So it's, I, it's just, and I wake up the next morning and I go like, that wasn't me. No, that wasn't me. Okay. So it's but yeah, it's it's little things like that that preoccupation uh-huh. of like I probably broken something. Or I have damaged something, and like okay. now I gotta like wake up early and do this, um, but it only happens like during deployments and stuff like that. Where <laughs> the next day is like, hey, this is not working. And I'm like, what happened? <laughs> what did I do? And he's like, oh, okay, I gotta just press this. Okay. Like last week. Yeah. Thursday. Thursday mm-hmm. we was up until 2 a.m. Yeah. Uh, we started 9 p.m. and and was up until 2 a.m. So I mean, I'm not night. gonna lie. In <laughs> full transparency here, I was I passed out like at one. I was still on the call, and I'm just kind of like, yeah, yeah. I close my eyes and I open them up, and it's like 1:45, and I'm like the only one on the call. I'm like, oh my god, where everybody go? <laughs> and the next day, I was like, oh my god. That that was the that was my two o'clock problem, my two a.m. problem, because like I literally went to bed at two a.m. But like I don't know if this worked or not. I don't know what was rolled back. What was the problem? What, did I? Did we do something? I have to like. And then the next morning, I'm literally reading all chats and everything. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. I had to catch up. Like, I remember that day I did send a release email. You, you did, but that's that's what I'm saying. Like if it but was, it was for executive leaders, so I didn't add no, all the no, information. No, no, no. Like then you send it again for everybody else, and and uh-huh. and and because you basically, hey, we have to roll back and everything. Yeah. And I read that, and I was like, <gasps> okay, so things were set up correctly. We left things good last night. Like there was nothing <laughs> crazy. Because my first thought was like, hey, something broke last night. I missed it, and now we gotta be here at like nine in the morning working on this. I but see. I don't know what we're working on. So when I saw your message of like, hey, we couldn't proceed, we just rolled mm. it back and left the high was. I saw that and I was like, all right, good. Now we can start tackling these problems that we have. Um, but yeah, that, that was a good scare. Yeah, and the team was there, and we together decided like to roll it back. Yeah, but it, it, I mean, the good thing is that the next day we're able to kind of tackle the, yeah, the issue really quick. Few hours yeah, but mm. cool. What is your message to the audience, the web developer, juniors? I mean, uh, the, the new... one advice that I can always give you is, is this is gonna sound so cliche, but there's never any stupid questions. I mean, honestly, the stupid question is the one that is not asked. Because mm-hmm. if, if you feel like you're stuck in something or you're trying to learn something, go ahead and ask the question. Most of the time, that person that you're asking it to, are more than welcome to actually spend those 15, 20 minutes kind of explaining it to you yeah. or showing you something. 
and and I mean for me it's like if you're gonna spend the 20 minutes I'm gonna listen and I'm gonna learn something about this that can then help me move along so uh, and always practice watch videos uh, mm -hmm. read documentation lead code is, is is a great place for like code problems you to me if you're just trying to like get into learning things of, of what development you know mm -hmm. API side backend side um, Look into all of these things. Sometimes, like most of this information, it's free on the internet. But like, if you're just trying to get an idea, if this is something that you're gonna like, start with the free stuff. You yeah. know, YouTube has free videos. Look at it. If you go like, this is really something that I enjoy doing, go for it. Also, IDEs, aka the applications that used to make the webs and things like that. Most of the time, they're free. Mm -hmm. So you can you can practice at home for free to see if you like it. Instead of kind of saying, hey, I'm just going to throw money at this and be like, I never liked it. So definitely just use the free tools. Learn if this is something that you really, really enjoy, then go ahead and make the investment into that career. So it's, so as a follow up, mm -hmm. I would ask more direct question on this one that if somebody just started like three months ago mm -hmm. and uh, liking, what would be your advice to learn and get a job? As it learn as in languages? Yeah, or... yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean getting, it, getting into tech, like getting into backend maybe. So we're gonna get into the backend right now, it definitely be Java, um, C Sharp, and some Python. Mm -hmm. um, JavaScript and React Native, because uh, everyone's gonna move into React Native for easiness of use for app mobile and things like that. So JavaScript, definitely JavaScript, mm -hmm. uh, React if possible. And you can start with like simple things as just like learning like MS SQL if you want or like mm -hmm. MongoDB. Uh, MongoDB is another like fairly simple, um, you know, database application that you can use. Um, but if, you, if you're if you basically trying to say, hey, I want to kind of do all three things, you can basically just do Node, React and MongoDB and mm -hmm. just kind of create a tiny app. Yeah. yeah. Um, that you can use to just like practice and stuff like that. Yeah. And then? And from then on, I mean, like once you create, like if you're able to understand those three things and kind of create your own little app, mm -hmm. it, it just, that turns into your portfolio to actually show someone else. Like it, it's kind of crazy because, you know, as a graphic designer, the first thing in the interviews is like, can I see your portfolio? Mm -hmm. And what I see now from people that tell me that they're going to interviews is like, can I look at your GitHub? Yeah. And it's like looking at projects that's that someone right. has worked that's on big. describing. So it's, it's becoming this thing. So. If you're able to slowly start creating little projects, you don't have to be big. You can just create one app that does one thing, that's it. And then build another one that does a completely different thing. And if you feel like, you know, challenging enough, just try to mix them both. But, you know, build your own little thing where you can just say, hey, here's my, here's my work. This is what I've done. Yeah. And, and sometimes your work speaks more than you or your resume. Um, and, and, and that can definitely help you out. And then if somebody's like just started, got a job, mm -hmm. just got a job, and now trying to figure out how I'm gonna kind of move into this career next three, five years. What would be your advice to that person? Uh, kind of like tag along uh, someone that's a little bit higher than you and ask those questions. Like not, not the question of how do you do this, but more of kind of like, why was that decision taken? You know? Because yeah. you're trying to understand, like if I tell, hey, we're gonna use red. Yeah, we'll use red but the question should be like why do we pick red is there anything in particular why mm -hmm. we're using red 
that explanation will open up more in, in your head of like, oh, okay, now I can see why this is affecting, this color will affect this, mm -hmm. and how it will affect it in the future for other things. But if you just say like, okay, red, that, that's, that's where it stops. That's where the learning stops, because you're like, yeah. okay, I'm done. Yeah. But it should be like, why is it red and how, why are we implementing it this way? Right. And, then, and, and it's not really a question to challenge the other person, but it's more to kind of like open those doors of communication and say, tell me more about this. I'm, I'm interested in this. Mm -hmm. Tell me more. I want to learn it. And 90% <laughs> of the time, most of the time when I've done it, people are like, grab a chair, man, let's go. And yeah. in 15, 20 minutes. They're open to, to actually tell you yeah. when you write, yeah. ask the right questions. Correct. Yeah. And, and even if it's like wrong question, because they're like, yeah, I'm trying to do this and they're like, it's not done this way, but let me show you. Or you can yeah. just say, hey, can you show me how to do this? And and like I said, most people would be just kind of very happy yeah. to show you. Like these why questions. Yeah. Which is awesome. Well, Carlos, thank you so much. Thank you for, for having me, um, For really this, like this. this interview. Is there any question that I have not asked, but you want to answer? Uh, yes. And, and and this probably hasn't been touched. I don't know if you actually had asked it to anyone, but and in, in, in this is a question that like I asked myself, and and I started like, asking it like fairly late. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's like, how stressful do you see your job? You know, because oh. people can just basically say, oh my, I, I do all of this. Or it's like I understand, but like how stressful do you see your job? You know, and, and it really just comes down to like the perspective that you are observing on how your job is right at the moment. You know, so when I started as a junior, it was like, how's your work? It's like, oh my God, it's extremely chaotic. Like, I, it's just, there's so many things going on at once. Yeah. yeah. But then again, it was just me kind of like just getting an idea, you know, of, of like what this is. And it was very stressful because it was just, I it was, it was like, I was almost sheltered. Right. Like I didn't know what the other apps were or what they did or how they integrated. I was only like support tool and maybe some changes here to the API. So very close. Um, but like as you open, you know, like that stress of like, oh my, oh, it starts to go away, you know? So at the beginning for me, it was, oh. it was very stressful mainly because I just, I was just not aware of what was going on. And that stressed me out because it was like, I'm, I, I'm was it me? <laughs> you know, it wasn't me. But as, as time progress you know that yeah. stress became less and less because i was more aware of what was happening i was understanding what was happening i was asking those questions so people were like yeah. hey this is what's going on um so going into that like at the beginning yes was it stressful 100 but it was basically because i was not comfortable like in the role yet mm -hmm. once i started getting more comfortable that stress slowly started going away but it's it's, it's all about just kind of like feeling confident and it is also feeling like relaxed in the role that you're doing like if you don't if you're not confident in the role that you're doing if you don't feel like you're not comfortable there's going to be a lot of stress coming in you know people say like hey the stress comes from like the work it's like you know every day like life throws things at you but you know it's really how you react to them that really detects like your attitude so if if you throw something at me and I just kind of like get angry. I gain nothing from that, you know? But if you throw something at me, I'm kind of like, oh, whoa, what's going on? You know, it, it, it starts to go beyond that. That was really deep insight. <laughs> Thank, <laughs> Thank you. you. Thank you for answering Thanks. that question. <laughs> That's really deep. Do you have a question for me? Yes. Uh, how did you get to the point of actually doing this like what was something that like inside of you that just say hey 
this is the spark that I have. Kind of like, what was it that you, because I know what you do at work, you know, and, and it's a 180 from this, yeah. you know? Uh, so what was the spark? What was the, the one thing that you said, like, this is something that I want to pursue and what did you do to actually get here? And you're talking about this podcast or in general? I'm talking about the podcast because okay. I, I mean, like, you know, you kind of talk about like Advent Hell, how you became like a manager yeah, yeah, yeah. and everything. But this is a side that we have never talked about. We have talked about right. things right. about work, but like I, this is very interesting for me. Like uh, even since we had like the first conversation that we had, um, I was like, I'm interested in knowing like what got you here? Because like I said, this, this setup is not amateur, you know, <laughs> it's, it's like, you guys are not seeing this, but there's tons of things around here. Um, but it's, it's like, yes, you know, like this actually shows some passion behind yeah. it and that some time and like definitive, like thought process behind it. So what sparked that and what led you to what we're seeing here? Great. <laughs> so I will give you a slightly longer answer. Okay. Um, when I was in high school, I got into a essay competition. Mm -hmm. And magically I won it like gold medal okay and then um, with GeoCity or some the blogger website. website open I started writing somehow writing was a ingrained part of me right. like okay. I take notes I, I do a lot of things right writing is where I get most of my clarity and organization so when I, when I finish writing, I feel like I'm calm, like everything is inside is settled is at their place, yeah. right? So writing was something and uh, so it was all hazy, uh, I mean um, zigzag, like it's not organized in terms of when I was, I, I would start writing a blog and then I would stop mm -hmm. it and my English was not good so I was always hesitant to publish it or I would stop doing it. Um, so that has happened in 2006, 9, 11, 16. So I've started like four different times. But you never stopped. I never stopped, right? I keep going back to it. Mm -hmm. So then uh, around 2019, I started writing on Medium. Mm -hmm. My One of my articles, I just checked it yesterday on like 200, oh, sorry, $530. Like it's, it's, got traction right it yeah. gets traction so when I started in 2019 Cassie helped me mm -hmm. proofreading my articles oh, okay nice. and that gave me tremendous confidence and then she also showed me how I can kind of correct my mistakes okay. and how I can use Grammarly uh, so that went on for four years until last year where I was posting different things that I'm learning, different things that I'm doing. Like when I transform my old team from a waterfall to a agile, mm -hmm. I write about it. Like what okay. are the challenges, how the journey looked like, how my transformation happened. So uh, I was just writing about different things. And last four years, I also felt that I was stuck at some point where my next aspiration was not clear. I could continue with the path where junior to senior to team leader to manager and senior manager. Oh. Next one would have been director. So I got into this executive coaching. Mm -hmm. The plan for that coaching was to prepare me for next position. 
during that coaching i realized that uh, the thing that i'm going back to like writing and creation and teaching that's something that element that i should explore more that was your spark that was like yeah, what that was, was inside spark, there, like, right? i need uh, this yeah i i i need some calling so from there last year i joined a program named shift 3430 and that's when everything changed um i had started my um podcast mm-hmm. before that actually okay when um, um there was somebody named um Kristen she was uh, some one of the director mm-hmm. she was in process management uh, Christine she okay. was in process management and all and she was retiring the day she was retiring or the week she was retiring i said i'm going to record and i asked her um can i interview you you have tremendous career journey mm-hmm. and uh, i'd like to interview you ask questions that how did you start and how did you reach so that was my first interview and after that i was like i love it i nice. love knowing about people so this is perfect so i started interviewing a lot of people and i set a goal i found that 90% of the people drop off before the 10th episode interesting and uh, 97% people drop off in their podcast before 21 episode so i gave myself a goal of 10 and then 21 and now i'm like 38 37 oh <laughs> wow that's yeah, awesome yeah so yeah so it went like this um and uh, i just wanted to be consistent like if i start something i, I just want to keep it um and now i'm more on the writing side more on the the um product creation side and uh, everything all my hobbies and everything is narrowing down to how can i help that one person do better in their job like uh, goal setting mm-hmm. uh, productivity and time management and uh, because the entire career that i had was web developers yeah. I, that's the first set of people that i will help um and uh, another thing that i set for myself is not to go after the shiny object that i always go so i decided i will use my phone mm-hmm. until i'm done with 20 episode or 21 episode mm-hmm. i will not buy a fancy camera <laughs> or this and that because those thing can hold you yeah. back if you just focus on tools and also i'm still using phone I mean um, technology's nowadays yeah. it's so advanced to the point yeah. that you can get really high quality at a fair price without actually having to you know invest in like really expensive stuff. So that's how it started and that's where it's going. Um it's almost like I'm I can do this because it it comes from inside. Like I don't have to push myself to okay. wake yeah. up at four o'clock. So every day 4:30 to 7:30 I just do this. Nice. And I don't have to force myself to wake up or I mean no like you can tell that that is that is passion because I mean, yeah. let's be honest who the hell is going to wake up at 4:00 and go like now nah, do this. <laughs> no one no one like you know unless there's passion behind it where you're like you're waking up and going like this is no bother to me. Yeah. yeah, so you can clearly show and tell that you have this passion. I mean look at your setup man. Well, thank you so much Carlos. Thank you for having me, man. For this interview. I think this interview will be useful for many people who want to really hope so, honestly. To the same journey that you <laughs> have gone, your full strap. So, thank you.
No, thank you. Appreciate it.